Hello and welcome to the latest edition of TPA Talks. Today we're joined by outspoken backbencher and fearless BBC critic Andrea Jenkins. She's going to be talking to us about everything from the TV licence fee to the future of Brexit. Stay tuned for TPA Talks. Hello, Andrea, how are you? Hi, James, I'm fine, thank you. Here from Sunny Morley in my office. Thank you very much for joining us uh, today. We're, of course, going to be talking about an issue which is very close to both of our hearts, which is the, uh, the BBC. Yes. Uh, but before we, before we kick off with that, I'd like to ask you about something that's sort of happening in the news at the minute. Okay. You will have seen the government's obesity strategy that the Prime Minister's launched and, uh, and all the details which have now come out. Um, how do your constituents feel about the end of buy one, get one free? <laughs> well, I can honestly say we haven't had any emails about that yet. But if, if I can just tell you my views about all this. Now, I was on the Health Select Committee when I first got elected in 2015 because I went into politics you know, to fight for better healthcare. And I was the only one on the committee at the time who um, rejected the report to bring in the sugary drinks tax, who opposed the sugary drinks tax. And I was very vocal about it. And because um, I am a libertarian, I believe in, you know, um, people should be free to make their own choices. I believe in better parenting, you know, parental responsibility. I believe in um, better education and better labelling. Um, now, I think looking at the situation with our prime minister there, I think this is actually something personal to him. This is because he nearly died and is admitted himself, you know, put on those extra few pounds of the those months and he was overweight and it put him in the high risk category to catch coronavirus. So I think with this, Boris is a libertarian as well, um, but I think with this, I think he's doing it because he literally wants to save lives because of, we're seeing it's a high risk category if you're overweight. So um, I think the prime minister, it'll be um, damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, to be honest with you. And, and this is talking to someone as, who is a libertarian, who is pro-choice um, regarding um, your consumer choice. But I do think he's in a difficult position, especially if we go um, and have um, another further wave of coronavirus and there's more deaths. People are going to be saying, why did you not do anything to tackle obesity? So I think he's doing it from the heart to actually save people's lives. You know, we, we haven't got a, um, a liberal lefty government here. You know, I mean, look at Pretty, she's very strong in crime, law and order, etc. Um, and so, you know, if we had um, more of the left of our party leading, um, then I'd be concerned. But I, I'd, I think that, you know, because we don't want to go down that route, um, especially long term. But I think it's needs must at the moment. I think it's actually, it's trying to put the health of the nation um, over this you know, terrible catastrophe, what's um, been imposed on the world and, and try and save lives. So I, I think it's a different situation this time. And as I said, I'm very libertarian and I was only speaking at the conference on a panel about stuff like this last year, but I, I'm also a pragmatic conservative. I'm looking at the situation at the moment and, and I think we just need to get on with it and save people's lives. Okay, so let's move on to the BBC. Yes. Well, uh, that's something which uh, you, you've been campaigning on. It's something that the Taxpayers Alliance has been campaigning on for a long time. You've, you're relatively rare in that you're a politician that's decided to put your head above the parapet and be bold enough to come out and to criticise the Beeb, which is quite a difficult thing for a lot of politicians to do. Uh, 
what is it that sort of what is it that sort of made you make that decision to begin with? What what made you decide I'm going to go and try and take on the biggest broadcaster in the country? Um, I think with me though, it's always about fairness, and that's how it was where Brexit's concerned. Excuse me. Um, I. I fought for Brexit to begin with because, you know, we had a referendum and I, I believe in keeping my promises and I like fairness. And I think it's the same with the BBC. I think because, I mean, I've experienced so much bias um, in the BBC, you know, during the, um, the last few years where Brexit's concerned, you know, I got told on question time, it'll be a fair panel, there'll be another Brexiteer on there. And it wasn't the case, it was five against one. And I know with the uh, online abuse that we've had um, um, as um, both the left and the right Brexiteers and Remainers, it, it seems that those of us who are Brexiteers and, um, and not on the liberal left, ours doesn't get reported in the same way. I mean, I got, um, I'll give an example, I got some really abusive emails, sexually explicit, saying for me to, for my female genitals to be cut with barbed wire and die in a food of my own excrement. You know, um, the left-wing media, the BBC, didn't pick up on this whatsoever. Um, and on the day that Jess Phillips, um, somebody sh screamed abuse outside of her office on the street, that made the BBC and National News, yet myself as a Brexiteer, um, the BBC tweeted uh, um, after I'd, I'd about myself having um, somebody inscribe on my office outside wall, Andrew, why don't you kill yourself, please? The BBC didn't report on that, um, yet they reported shouting outside an MP's office. So I've seen the unfairness, and to me, um, it's, you know, if somebody wants to be biased, whether it's Fox News, Sky, or whatever, that's privately funded. But when something's, you know, hard-working British taxpayer-funded, this shouldn't be biased. And um, especially when, um, now, and I'm all for decriminalising as well, not paying of the um of the um the license fee because uh, look at in this day and age you know why uh, um, they've got a monopoly on this and why um how come sky um you can not pay for that and they're just um you know you'll get letters through the post asking for you to um pay your mispayment etc but with the bbc and the license fee you can um go to prison i mean how is that fair and just society it's wrong so back to your original question it's about fairness to me and i don't care who i take on in life um um you know, it's to me, it's about fairness in life, and I'll always speak up and, and, um, and fight them. Um, just on that, that point about sort of bias, I think yes. you get this interesting conversation where a lot of people in politics who've experienced it, like yourself, will talk about BBC bias, but to a lot of people outside of politics, it can be less obvious. They think, well, the BBC is impartial, you know, the BBC doesn't seem to favour one party over another. Is BBC bias something that your constituents have? have seen and identified? Or, or do you think it's very much a sort of a Westminster issue? No, it, it, I mean, I've seen it from um, my constituents telling me and even local people on social media saying, you know, here we go again, I've stopped watching the BBC for their, um, um, their biased views. And you always feel when you're going on the BBC, you're being set up, especially as a Brexiteer. Now I have to say though, um, it's not the same regionally. Yeah, um, you know, the, I mean, look how they've cut funding on um, their regional um, staffing. And um, 
it's a lot fairer, I have to say, in BBC Yorkshire. We've got a couple of really good reporters who remain impartial. Yes, um, you know, when they, they announce cuts um, on regional um, BBC teams, yet the BBC can unveil a 100 million diversity scheme to accelerate on their inclusion. And it seems that their priorities are so skewed with and just really it doesn't speak to the, the wider public outside of the Westminster liberal elite. But on that point, I've got a bias. There's some people who would say, well, you know, the local local media give you a platform as a local MP, you know, they will, they themselves, from maybe from the left of the political spectrum, will then accuse the BBC of being uh, biased in that direction. So do you think there's a, a sort of a danger with the conversation about bias that the BBC just ends up getting pulled one way or the other and you don't maybe address some of the sort of structural things that, to be fair, yeah. you, you identified straight away of if everyone yeah. was forced to pay a licence fee mm -hmm. as opposed to switching off Fox News if they don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. And um, it can, in some ways, take us away from the argument. And and to me, anything that's taxpayer funded, whether it's local councils, whether it's um, our hospitals, our NHS, education, central government, you know, um, there should be value for money. And I'm sorry, but when you see presenters getting, you know, half a million pound plus a year, um, and I've got nothing against that, but it shouldn't be taxpayer funded. This should be this should be working for the for the stations where um, it's whether funded by advertisements or whatever. But it should not be taxpayers funded. To me, there's a better way to actually um, to spend taxpayers' hard-earned cash, and it's certainly not on you know um, giving um, Gary Lineker a mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> and you, this is one of the interesting things about sort of the media in general that you know we've talked about how you've also got the situation with channel four which doesn't require any taxpayer funding but is taxpayer owned yes you know you've you've now you've got people who even people who've run channel four in the past now saying it's time for channel four to go out on its own and do the thing i think there's plenty of people who would say as you've said you know if, if it goes off and does its own thing and it to push a bias then people will know and people will turn off yes bbc with it being taxpayer funded there's sort of an assumption that it will be trustworthy an assumption that it won't be it won't be biased and yes. that's quite difficult for you know for, for you as a politician as you say feeling that you know interviews and things can be can be set up and and you know can um can be a trap for you i mean do you yes the bbc being that kind of broadcaster that is taxpayer funded but so many people feel uh, is biased do you think it makes it more difficult for people of a free market persuasion to get their message out to the country? Um, yes, and I, but I do think we need to look at the model in this day and age. I mean, there's, um, I remember when um, Channel 4 was launched, you know, when I was a child and the excitement over that um, in the 80s. But look how things have changed since then. And um, I mean, my three-year-old Clifford, um, you know, he watches um, his um, children's programs on Netflix. He, um, we subscribe to Amazon Prime and he, he watches stuff. There's, even on my phone, which he grabs, is a YouTube app for children. And, in, and so there's so many um, media platforms now. And not everybody is going to the old tried and tested way of sitting in front of the box. Now, I'm mindful that, I, I, you know, that we've got older people in the country who still rely on those um, you know, um, main four channels, and and so I I, I do think we there needs to be a service offered. But what's wrong with putting advertisements on? There's advertisements on 
every other channel now. Why not the BBC? You know, that, that shouldn't be a crime. That should not be seen as a bad thing, especially if it's going to be, if it could fund the BBC and, and it stops um, our British taxpayers, you know, being carted off to prison for not paying £100. And, and that's a really interesting point about older people, because, yes. of course, the, um, a lot of people, a lot of the, the figures from the BBC show that older people, the, the grey vote, whatever you want to call them, is the sort of core of their audience. You know, they're not reaching younger people. Younger people are moving off onto the platforms. Yes. Yet, despite that, the BBC took the decision to slap the licence fee. No to the over 75s. What did, what did you make of that decision? Um, I mean, I'm a bit disgusted in Tony Hall. I mean, he negotiated with the government in the first place and he has so backtracked. You know, we need to remind people that he's done this. Um, rather than blaming the government, you know, blame the BBC over this and, and him. Um, and I, I, just, I just think um, it's so wrong. I mean, looking at the stats as well, looking at the wider scheme of things, you know, one in 10 cases heard at magistrates courts um, in England and Wales is to do with non-payment of the license fee. I mean, what a waste of taxpayers' money. So it filters down into that as well and causes backlogs with other cases. So to me, we need to catch the real criminals, not for people um, who's actually maybe can't even afford to pay it. So, um, yeah, so... I, I just think we need to put it back on the BBC. It's time for a radical rethink. And I mean, it might be a part subscription on certain services, you know, um, like the World Service or something like that. Um, and, but I think we need to have this conversation. Um, um, platforms and media has moved on dramatically. And I just think it's ridiculous to be able to prosecute somebody um, when they might not even hardly use the service. Um, when the, they might be paying for subscriptions on other platforms, which, which is more important to them. So it, it, it's wrong. And why should people get prosecuted? And one of the really, really odd things about that is that the people who are prosecuted are, you know, the, the, they would be deemed some of the most vulnerable people in society, right? You get, you know, a lot of single mothers and older people. Yes. Eve, I'm right in saying that the, the single most and prosecuted group in the magistrates courts under the license fee are older women. Mm. Um, that, that's it's also affecting a lot of young people as well, apparently. Apparently the stats are saying there's a lot of young people now. And if you look, look, we're going through a global recession caused by COVID, um, which was unprecedented. You know, no country was prepared for that. And who's, which generation is it really going to affect on the jobs market? It's going to be younger people, you know, fresh out of school, fresh out of university, where employers will naturally want to look for people with experience. So, you know, um, this is why the government's concentrating on schemes to help them. But, you know, why ruin their chances by giving them a criminal record for you not know, paying um, the license fee and ended up in court, ending up in prison? It, it's just wrong. It's not setting them out to, to help them on their future. It's more of a hindrance. And one of the things that the BBC has sort of shown and really took us um, really quite by surprise, to be honest, was that the BBC is so determined to keep that compulsory fee that the other ideas it's looked at have been almost worse than the licence fee. I mean, I don't know if you saw one of the things the BBC proposed themselves as an alternative in the future was a broadband tax. So <laughs> the idea would be you would be, you'd be taxed just for having broad, broadband. Oh. And that tax would pay for the BBC. Of course, that's the way we see it. That's essentially protection money that you're yeah. BBC to be able to watch Netflix. And, and also, I mean, it's if you if you look at that as well. I mean, um, 
with online learning at the moment, which a lot of um, you know um, students have had to do during COVID, it's actually that will affect social mobility because um, the, the poorest families as well, you know, they might you know pay to actually get their child online to 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 really help them with their education and to slap a tax on that, you know, how is that helping social mobility? And it's hit, it can hit the poorest, and I think that is so wrong. So no, they've actually got to have a grown-up conversation, and and if not, let's force them into it. So that's interesting because you know I think one of the things that people who believe as we do, one of the things that they worry about is that all of this is talk. You know that like so many times in the past, um, politicians, with the greatest respect, will will sort of blink at that eleventh hour. You know they don't want to be held responsible for yes. taking away Granny's TV service, and and therefore they sort of don't really. Uh, want to change the system they're happy to just sort of tinker around and, and make the odd change do you think it's going to be different this time do you think that this time maybe boris johnson and the current government have got the appetite to make some real deep and lasting changes i do yes i mean um boris is is um very brave um look how he you know um look back to september last year it was a nightmare with a minority government and every twist and turn, every step of the way, he was blocked by Parliament. Look at the bias coverage across the board of the media. And, you know, and I think if any government is going to do it, it's going to be our current government. But I'd say something to every employee of the BBC. You know, if you are that much of a national treasure, why are you coming after our own British people? Well said, well said. Yeah. Do you, with, that, with that sort of reform, do you, one of the things you sort of mentioned was the criminal element of the licence fee. The government has consulted on decriminalising the yes. licence fee. Do you see that being a sort of a realistic first step to some serious reform? Um, I do, yes, definitely. And I'm pleased that the government's been looking into that because I, I think that shows that we're serious and we need to actually, um, the BBC are not going to do it on their own. And why, why should they? Let's face it, they've got the comfort blanket of the British taxpayers' money, um, not only funding their salaries from bottom to the top, um, then why, why should they reform? They don't need to. So I think it's a case of we may have to um, put pressure on them to reform. With the sort of the, the BBC, do you have an idea of what sort of models, you talked about sort of a part subscriber model or something, do you, do you think that yourself and, and with like-minded MPs, like-minded colleagues, do you think there'll be a sort of model that a lot of people will support that will come out as the sort of alternative? Or do you think that there's a place for now is the time for people like us and, and other groups yes. suggesting what that alternative is? Um, well, I, I, do, I think if you left it the politician route, um, it would just get people drag their heels for years because <laughs> they can never agree on anything. So I think with pressure from people like yourself, James, and the Taxpayers Alliance um, and think tanks, it's important that you, know, you put your message out there and, and look at alternatives as well. And with the support of politicians and getting the media behind you, I think it's important because, you know, we need to have this conversation and we need to have it now. You know, we're, we're in a global recession through COVID. You know, every single penny of taxpayer money matters, really. And I'm sure the general public, if it's put to the general public, they would much rather um, pay for extra money on the frontline services during this time, hospitals, um, education, etc., cetera, um, then they would pay in half a million pound for a, a presenter. Um, so I think that now is the time to have the conversation. Let's be radical. 
Um, but let's get it right as odd, because as I said, I don't want us to um, make it difficult for the older generation not to be able to um, link up to. And also, you mentioned the single mum, you know, the, don't forget CBeebies is widely um, watched and is a great educational programme. My three-year-old watches it too. Um, so maybe the um, an advertisement model, which is part subscription, that I think something along those lines would be a, a personal view that I'd like to maybe see. But it's got to happen now. We've got to start that wheels in motion. And do you think there's anything that, that people who feel about feel strongly about bias or feel strongly about the BBC um, taking their money off them through through the TV tax? Is there anything they can do in the meantime? I mean, would you be someone who would recommend that they boycott the BBC? Would you recommend that they, should they be writing letters to you? Should more of your constituents be writing letters to you telling you how strongly they feel? I think right. Um, I, I'd never actually encourage people to break the law. <laughs> um, it, it'd be wrong of me to do so um, until we've seen a change in the law. Um, however, look, get right and get right into the BBC, get right into your regional um, BBC, get right into people like yourself, get right, right into your local councils, get right into your MPs as well. Um, and write in letters pages in your local newspaper. Let's get that message out there that, you know, enough is enough. It's time to change and, and start actually, you know, making sure that um, the BBC is reformed with the times it's, and it's most, most importantly, it's value for money as well. There we go, we've got our marching orders. <laughs> I would like to talk about another issue, Andrew. I know something that's been really sort of close to your heart, and you mentioned yeah. it sometimes Brexit. Um, the Taxpayers Alliance has got supporters who uh, supported leaving the EU, supporters who didn't. Um, yeah. What do you think that taxpayers could sort of look forward to from Brexit Britain? Brexit Britain. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say... Um, Good on the PM and David Frost, you know, show him some metal and some steel, you know, this, we could have done with this three years ago. And um, so, actually, I've, I'm confident and I trust our negotiating team this time. And um, so, so what could we look forward to? Um, well, let's look at the, at the recent weeks with the EU, the bailout package, you know, um, during COVID. Um, and the the money, um, um, the lack of transparency, the, the money that was paid out, thank God we don't have to contribute to that. You know, thank God we can actually um, put that, um, the money into our own British taxpayer and actually protect you know, um, this great country of ours. Um, so we can make decisions like that. Um, and let's face it, during these COVID recession times, we want to be um, um, a free trading nation to, you know, chart our course in the world, do free trade agreements with the countries across the globe um, without any restrictions from the EU. I think Brexit is actually, um, contrary to a lot of critics, um, coming at the right time during this COVID recession to actually invest in our own country. So as a critic might say that, you know, um, the, the Prime Minister has done a great job of, of getting getting Brexit done, as he said, and doing yeah. all of these things. But but also looking at some of the things the government's doing, you know, some of the massive state intervention that the government's undertaking, yeah. some of the, the potential tax increases that we've got coming, mm. I'd be inclined to say, well, hang on a minute. I voted for a, a sort of a free trading a free enterprise Brexit Britain. And I think this is what the government that I voted for has given me at all. What would you say to those people? I'm, I'm, I say we're in unusual times, really. Um, look, uh, we've had a global catastrophe. 
And so there's been a lot more state intervention than any conservative would actually feel comfortable with <laughs> in normal times. But um, we're not in normal times. You know, the government's been trying to protect people's jobs um, over the last few months, but that can't go on forever because we, we haven't got this magic money tree, this never ending pot of money. Um, and so, you know, and we've seen how Boris has invested in schemes to get people fit, et cetera, and lose weight. Um, and I think that's down to also COVID as well. And, and also looking at the wider scheme of things that what is um, a big tax burden is actually um, and drain on the NHS diabetes. You know, that is a massive drain on the NHS. So by people getting fit and healthy, I think they're investing in schemes, looking at the bigger picture on how in the medium and long term, um, it, it's going to be better for taxpayers um, than it is necessarily in the short term. But as I said, we live in, in difficult and unusual times. So, uh, and you know something, I back the Prime Minister to the hilt because I look back to what it was like a few years ago um, you know, even last year before Boris came on board as prime minister and we're in a damn sight better place. It really strikes me now that um, you mentioned David Frost. Um, usually uh, uh, the person negotiating a deal like that would be a household name. But Brexit has fallen so far down the sort of media agenda now that it's just sort of happening without the same heat that it had in it before. Yes. Now, people feel that's a really good thing because it means that it's just going to get done and we can forget about it. But do you think people might have good reason to be worried that they feel that now that, bluntly, now that it seems it's being done, now yes. worry there might be concessions and things they didn't see coming before and they might end up with the kind of Brexit that they didn't think they were going to get? No, I think, I think people are preoccupied at the moment. Look, we, we've had 40-odd thousand people die through COVID and um, it's focused people's minds probably internally on the family, on the community, on their friendships, etc., and surviving. You know, we're going to see um, major job losses through COVID. So I think people have been looking at that. But my, my words, you know, as we get closer to December, the um, Remainers will, will come out on steroids, won't they? Um, they will be doom-mongering. And so it's going to um, prick the interest of Brexiteers once more and where we'll all come out fighting to the end. So I think the future is going to be bright for our country anyway. Thank you, Andrea, for joining us today. It's been great to have you on. All the best and stay safe. Bye-bye. So there you are. You've been watching TPA Talks. Remember to like, comment and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.